0: Yeah, who this sound like? Yeah, we dropping the mic, mic. Yeah, all in your timeline, all, time all, time. all in your mind, mind. Whoa, cover the court like LeBron. I'm the greatest no debate. Yeah, cover the field with a rhyme, dropping the mic at their place. Yeah, who this sound like? Yeah, we dropping the mic, mic. Yeah, all in your timeline. All in your time. All in your, time all in your mind, in your mind. Um, cover the court like LeBron. I'm the greatest no debate. Yeah, cover the field with a rhyme, dropping the mic at the place. Yeah, dropping the mic like I'm feels. I could care less how you feel. Yeah, discussing the news deals on the stand we keep it real, real, real yeah hot takes too yeah uh, we gonna let it bro uh, yeah. Uh, yeah we all in the nose for keeping it real and keeping, keeping it, it true telling the truth. you are listening to the best sports show period this is dropping the mic i'm your host laron fields and i'm joined by my co-host brent wilson we are recording from the aloe top realty studios if you're ever in the market to buy or sell a home Log on to www.alamotoprealty.com, click on Agents, and find me, Leron Fields. I'm sure I can assist you one way or the other to find your next home. In this episode of Dropping the Mic, we are definitely going to chop it up about the latest in sports happenings, ranging from NBA, WNBA, NCAA college football, and it's back, NFL.
1: Brent, my man, what is good with you. Hey, everything's good in my world, man. I'm excited. Like you said, they're back. NFL football, Thursday night and Sunday night. Hey, college football getting into the ACC schedule. We got some tennis second week. Hey, sports is rolling. It's getting hotter. Don't forget the NBA playoffs getting closer and closer to that Eastern and Western Conference finals. So, hey, let's have some fun. Well, let's get going. Let's go. Up next is the serve. We talking about the U.S. Open tennis. So let's talk about the bad news first. The heavy, heavy favorite, Novak Djokovic defaulted, and so he's been kicked out of the tournament. And biased, I'm against it, because I'm like, hey, this was his chance to get one less major than Nadal, two less than Federer, make that uh, greatest of all time debate a little bit tighter. So just as a tennis fan, you wanted that, but the rule is the rule. If you hit a ball recklessly, and it hits anybody, you're disqualified. I mean, if you go back to Shapovalov, the uh, guy out of Canada, really good player in the Davis Cup, which is big for the country, he did the same thing in 2017. He didn't have a big name as Djokovic. He got kicked out. He was defaulted out of the tournament. So they stuck to the rules. I respect it. It just just hurt when Djokovic hadn't lost a match all year. Let me throw that out there. He was undefeated all year, uh, four-match win streak from the previous year. And when dude rolling like that, you just wanna see somebody beat him straight up, not him take a loss because of default. So that's that. But the more exciting news, we're gonna have a young, new champion. I mean, every major since what? Um, Besides Stan Wawrinka, a couple has been Nadal, Federer, Djokovic. Hey, we got Dominic Thiem, who's been battling Nadal on the clay and been close in the semis against Medvedev, who's won a couple master series over Djokovic. They in one semi. And then we got Karina Busta, and one versus Sverev, all four have been at the door and now was one guarantee to get through. So that's exciting. And then on the other side, we got the young American favorite besides Serena uh, Brady against Naomi Osaka. Osaka had been going down a while. You know, she had that little, once she got famous, she said she got, it started getting to her. She felt the pressure. It like she's finally back to her old self. She's out there performing. And then we got the uh, mother's match. Azarenka, if she wins tonight, which is my prediction for her, plays Serena. The two with kids battling for a spot in the championship, and Serena, of course, going to make history to tie the most majors in the history of tennis, men or women. So Azarenka, just so we know, is a very competitive tennis player. She was on top of the rankings. She, had, she beat Serena to win a couple majors. She was doing really well before she had the incident with her son. She had to take a step back, take care of her son. She's back now. She's playing in her old form. So that semi could be the winner It's going to win the major championship on the women's side. So stay tuned for these semifinals coming up in the next couple days for the men's and women's because we got some big-time matches coming up. And that's all we have today for the U.S. Open. And Go enjoy some tennis.
0: It's about the ladies, and you know I love me some WNBA action. Let me update you for what's going on now. It's about to be the playoffs. Some of you guys already know. I've talked about it for a while now. The playoffs are pretty much locked up. We have 78 spots left, the last spots between four teams, and it's all going to happen through this weekend. The playoff format, if you don't know for the WNBA, is very unique and peculiar. It's one that, that causes you to ask, why don't we do this in more sports? The eighth and seventh seed – play a one game match as well as the five and six seed. They play a single game elimination. The winners of those matches play the three and four seed in a single game elimination, forcing a semifinal match between one, two and whoever comes out of those three through eight seeds. It's all the business. The semifinals are a best of five series. Then that leads you to the WNBA finals. Now again, because the WNBA takes teams from both conferences it doesn't favor one of the others. Just the top eight teams out of the league go into the playoffs. You could have two Eastern Conference teams battle. That won't happen this year because the West is loaded. And speaking of loaded, man, did we have a game of the week last week. But before we get there, I got to continue with one thing. When you're watching these playoffs, you'll be able to on TV. ABC, ESPN, and ESPN2 will televise all the playoff games. And if you can't catch them there, you definitely can catch them on the ESPN app. And that begins on September the 15th. The season ends on the 13th. So be ready for that, y'all. So last week, we had the game of the week, right? And it was a gut-wrenching, buzzer-beaten, oh-my-goodness type of game. Now, if you don't remember who played, it was the Seattle Storm and my Los Angeles Sparks. We were down a body, and not just anybody. We were down Neku Guike. And that's a big body to be down. So we came up short thanks to Jewel Lloyd dropping a dagger at the buzzer, a three-point dagger with 0.8 seconds remaining. Seattle Storm beat us 90 to 89 in thrilling fashion. Jewel Lloyd, not only she kills with a three-pointer with 0.8, she also led the team in scoring with 25 points, two steals, three assists, and two rebounds. She was helped by... For once, Brianna got some help. Brianna Stewart was second leading scorer with 20 points, nine assists, eight boards. Sue Sue Bird, she came in off an injury, dropped 10 points with seven assists. And Natasha Howard stepped in remarkably, and she had 13 points with seven rebounds. The, the Sparks, you know, they're always led by Miss Faithful, Candace Parker. She led with 25 points, seven assists, and six rebounds. Chelsea Gray had a nice game for us with 18.6 assists. And Brittany Sykes had 17 points, four steals, and three assists. Now, like I said, Neked was out. She had a back injury. It was due to some stress. But I tell you what, that will be a nice battle in the playoffs if that matchup happens. It's going to be live. And even more special, you know, most of the time we do game of the week, it is one game, not this week, game of the week. This week features two games on Saturday and Sunday. On Saturday, the Las Vegas Aces, the number two seed in the power rankings play the Los Angeles Sparks. That is correct. Las Vegas Aces versus Los Angeles Sparks. Sparks. Definitely tune in and watch that one. On Sunday at 2 p.m., the Aces are back at it against the Seattle Storm on ABC. Now, if you ask me, that's a tough road to hoe for the Aces because they better be coming with spades because to play the Sparks and the Storms literally 24 hours apart, if they win that, then they're the odds-on favorite to win the WNBA title. If not, it's a Storm-Sparks kind of Aces world with hopefully a little bit of links in it. That's it for the WNBA this week. As always, keep the lock on the ladies because they're keeping it locked on us. We're talking basketball. We're talking basketball. NBA's in the building. Brent, we got some news before we get to the playoff stuff. I'm pretty hot, particular, and bothered by a certain situation. I'm not going Stephen A on you. I'm going LaRon L on you. How in the world do the Brooklyn Nets think relationships win championships? I'm talking about Steve. Freaking Nash. This You're telling me he was a Hall of Famer? Nowadays, everybody's getting the Hall of Fame just because you play 18 years. Steve Nash has no championships. He never played in the NBA Finals. He barely played in a Western Conference Finals. And if you don't remember, let me tell you because I'm a Lakers fan, his last four years when the Lakers gave him the lottery retirement package, he didn't play. Now, I'm not degrading the fact that the man has mental knowledge of the game, not de- denigrating that. I'm just saying, how do you leapfrog bonafide people who spent time on the bench, X's and O's, understanding how the game ebbs and flows to go chase after a man who wasn't even in the NBA bench circles or even thought of being a coach? Brent, help
1: me out with this. I cannot help you, because I agree with you. But you know, what? I got my phrase for this, superstar power. This is Kevin Durant's relationship with Steve Nash, and Kyrie Irving loves Steve Nash, and they work together. Their superstars on Brooklyn had to say it had to be 100% that they liked and they supported hiring Steve Nash, so it happened. And I'm with you. Steve Nash, he got some scam MVPs because he wasn't betting Kobe those years. Let me get that out the way real quick. Yeah, sure he wasn't. Yeah, that, that, that offended me to this day. I'm like the best player didn't get an MVP, but we know that most of the time they don't. But he he was a great point guard as far as leading offense, passing the ball. The, he had some great showtime highlights level with Amari Stoudemire. But none of that makes you a great coach. Because if that was the case, every passing point guard that could be a coach. doesn't work that way. I'm telling you, the only thing I'm going to say here, superstar power with Duran and Kyrie got this man the job.
0: Let, let me – I'm going to talk about two points. I'm going to go with the passing point guard because – Everybody wants to rebut this with, well, Jason, Jason Kidd got a job. Uh, Doc Rivers got a job. They didn't get a premier job out the gate. If you not forget, Doc Rivers had to take the Orlando Magic job and make water, turn water into wine for that to get the Celtics job. He had to pay his dues. And I'm all for an understanding that players down the stretch of their career, like a Jason Kidd, they're player coaching. I get that. Jay-Z kid got the next job. That wasn't a premier job. Did they have talent? Yes. And if you want to say star power, pick their guy, this is where management makes bad decisions. Agreed. Let, let, me, let me put this in perspective. Kyrie is hard to coach. Kyrie is hard to coach. Kyrie is hard to coach. Kevin Durant's always in his feelings. If you think having someone to that they have a relationship is going to win help you win, you're wrong. I'm going to give you some evidence. They hired Jacques Vaughn, made him the highest paid assistant of all the NBA to stay on that staff. They hired veteran coaches. That's putting the cart before the horse. You don't hire somebody's best friend to be the head coach and then hire the brain trust to help the rookie. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense at all whatsoever. So you know what? I ain't even gonna go mad about it. Brooklyn, you get what you deserve. When you don't want a chip, remember this moment. You went all Nash. You thought that was the best way to go. You skipped over bona fide and qualified people that were ready for, to, to do the job. But you know what? I don't even like Brooklyn. I don't even care about Brooklyn. I don't like KD, and I don't care for Kyrie. So you know what? Maybe this is a match made in heaven. <laughs> Keep it. Speaking of coaches, Brent, Billy Donovan says adios to OKC. They part ways. It was allegedly to be amicable, but this this bothers me too because I wasn't. I can't say I was a fan of Billy Donovan because I really didn't get to know Billy Donovan. Um, but this year he did a heck of a job given the situation he was in. He got a CP3 who could have been disgruntled. You get Shai Gilgus Alexander. You, you got Schrader. You get these other parts and pieces. You get Danilo Gallinari. You still got – like, it's, he did a great job on the fly. Shout out to Sam Presti for making those deals happen. You got, like, 13 draft picks in the next 14 years. Good work. But this stinks to me because it smells like cheap owner, Clay Bennett, cheap owner. And the reason why I have a problem with it is you took this team out of Seattle. And you brought him to OKC, and you've had multiple opportunities, man. Your first trek, you had Harden, Westbrook, KD, Ibaka. You trade Harden why? Because you were cheap. I couldn't afford him. You brought in Kevin Martin. He was terrible. Then, fast forward to now, right? You KD leaves because he doesn't feel confident that you are going to be able to get him pieces. Fast forward even fast even further. You trade Russell Rus- Russell Westbrook because you're trying to blow it up i think you're getting cheap and that's not good for the nba i hope somehow some way adam silver sees this smells this and deals with this appropriately and asks that man to sell this team so we can give them back to seattle what do you think about that brent i
1: agree they they got cheap first off let me say they got cheap because billy donovan i'm not gonna sit here and go down that he's a great coach he was a really good college coach i enjoyed him at florida i thought he was solid I hope he goes back to college. Let me say that first. I hope he gets a, a good college coaching job because I like how he developed players at Florida when he was there. But, yeah, I mean, if they say both sides agreed, I'm going to say the reason Donovan agreed is he wasn't hired to coach this team. He was hired, you know, to get Durant, Westbrook over the hump. Like you said, they got cheap. They started trading away pieces. They piecemeal the roster together. They let Paul George go. They gave him, like you said, Schrader, Chris Paul, Steven Adams. This team wasn't built to win anything, anytime soon and then he overachieved and go game seven with the Rockets and had a chance to win at the end but the execution of Stephen Adams on the inbound play not gonna go there but that they were one game away from going into the Western Conference semifinals in a really good Western Conference so give the man some credit as a great coach but he didn't sign up for this and if you look at the future you can build around Alexander maybe it's Chris Paul's thing It's a lot of things. I mean, they they said they got a lot of draft picks. They got a bright future as far as if they draft well. And Presty's really good at his job. But Donovan, I don't know if he could see the big picture that made it worth it. So when they got cheap, I think it made it easy for him to be like, "Hey, there's a good time for us to part ways. Let's make it mutual and respectful, and let me go somewhere where I can do my thing." And I hope he goes back to college and does his thing.
0: Well, I mean, I don't want to relegate the man to college. I want him to have some options. Right? There's some jobs that are open. New Orleans is open. You got. Uh, Chicago's open. So you you got some places that are open in the NBA. I'd like for them to get a sniff at as well because he deserves that. Um, I do think Billy Diamond saw the bigger picture. He saw that the owner was cheap and that what he was going to have going forward was unknown. And he may have had some requests and demands that he needed. And if they weren't able to meet that and have a clear vision, he's like, yo, here's a good point to stop. Don't let me sign up for a a situation where my NBA record is going to take a tank. And then people aren't going to want me or hire me because they're going to say I was terrible when it was the situation. Oftentimes we don't get to hear all the behind the scenes, right? I was talking with somebody today about Mark Jackson. I don't understand how Brooklyn doesn't hire him. I don't understand how the Knicks hire Tom Thibodeau and don't hire Mark Jackson. And something made me think, well, maybe he didn't want those jobs. Maybe he said, I'm in the booth. I get to do what I do, but I don't have to take jobs that aren't good or People will, you know, assume that, oh, what you did in Golden State was a fluke because I'm still not over the Steve Carr thing Get the job and everybody acting like he's boy wonder. Let's go back to, to Steve Carr, like Steve Nash. He got a GM job in Phoenix without any experience, and Phoenix was terrible. Again, I don't know how much that was. The ownership was terrible, and he just had to be there. But then he got a coaching opportunity for two places. It was either go to New York or go to Golden State. It was a no-brainer. You go to Golden State, but we even saw when he was hurt and he had to, with the back injury, he had to sit out some games. And of all people, Luke Walton won forty games, right? And he can't coach. So He's again, I, yeah, like I, yeah, whatever. He, whatever he did, it was something yeah. that made him look like he was special. And my right. Lakers drank the Kool-Aid and thought, let's hire Luke Walton. Like exactly. no, not the not the move, champ. So, man, I, we, I guess we got to stay tuned on this OKC, OKC situation. Let me do so one more thing on it. Oh yeah, definitely
1: Go ahead. Cause um, when you said you want to relegate him to college, sometimes college is a better better job for you. Like when I may I'm saying it is like the Nick Saban in Alabama, you know, or Em at UConn. Maybe he can get a special college program. I, I didn't because I mean he deserves an NBA job if he wants it. But I'm saying he may want to go be one of those special college coaches in that mode of like a Saban or Oriemma. So I, I was thinking more that line out of respect for. Him. So I wouldn't relegate him on that.
0: No, I, I hear you, and I, and I wasn't saying you were, but I guess I'm saying, like, I, I don't look da- – like, how, what job – no, there's no good job available, Fair. right? One. Two, Nick Saban was actually pretty good in the NFL. It's just the Dolphins had mismanagement and ownership yep. wasn't really seeing the clear picture. Um, and and not to knock Billy Donovan, but Florida had those two back-to-back chips with Horford and uh, – what's my man that's on the Clippers right now? Uh, tennis. Yoakim Noah. Noah. Right? But uh, after that, they didn't do too hot. So it's not like he trended upward after exactly. the chips. Normally when you win back-to-back titles, you start getting all the recruits in the world, and he wasn't getting that. Like, he wasn't winning like he was in that time. And don't yeah. forget, not that people didn't know him then, but he wasn't that hot name like you mentioned, like, R.M. oh, you got to go there. Um, so, yeah, uh, shout-out to Billy Donovan. Hopefully he gets a spot where he feels comfortable, whether that be NBA college, whatever he chooses, because he's he's deserving of – an opportunity to keep pressing forward. All right, bro, we got to transition over to the second round of playoffs, right? Last time we talked, the Clippers hadn't played, the Lakers hadn't played. Boston was already 2-0 on the Raptors. Uh, I don't even know if Milwaukee had played. I think they'd already gotten beaten by Miami one game. And we were sitting here thinking, we made our predictions. We said, you know, LA would be facing Houston because I think it was game, it was game seven of um, the first round for Houston and OKC. And I made this wild, crazy prediction that Houston was going to win by 35 and hit 23s by the first half. That didn't happen. It came down to the buzzer and the uh, miscommunication execution between Dort and CP3, whatnot. Houston played some good defense. Harden actually had a block, whatnot, whatnot. But man, where we sit now is intriguing. People are pumping up Boston and they're pumping up Miami. What you got on that, Brent? Well, first, I mean...
1: You called the Bucs were frauds. They officially, I mean, and we don't, don't give Giannis a pass because before he got hurt, they were already getting tore up. It wasn't like Giannis was killing. He got injured. They lost a couple games. No, when he got hurt, they actually won that game. So anyway, you know what I mean. Miami actually playing really good, but I mean, the Bucs is a regular season team. We talked about they're built for that. They're not built for the playoffs. So Miami just came out and executed a great game playing by Spolster and won. Uh, we both picked Toronto in seven, I think, when they're down two. It was Toronto. Uh, the they, A lot of whining. I see a lot of whining by some of their players. A lot of complaining to the refs. The chemistry don't look the same. The ball not moving the same. Boston coming at their throat. So on that series, I, Are, you gonna Are you going to recant? Are you going to recant? No, I'm going to say I'm wrong because I'm, I'm going to stick my original Toronto, but I think Boston's winning that series. I'm, I'm thinking they'll go seven. I think Boston wins now. So I'm going to take my L on that one because Toronto ain't proving me nothing.
0: I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Toronto is not looking like they're playing with that swagger before they the the stoppage of play. But I'm gonna still stick with it because I can't go ebb and flows. We're gonna get to this other reason why, right? Because sometimes you got to get put in the corner. You got to get your back's got to be up against the wall for you to start reminding yourself of who you are. And yeah, they're down three-two. They play tonight and it may be 3-3. Next time we talk, yeah, they may be eliminated or they may be moving on. I just cannot buy into this Boston team. I look at the roster. You're talking about a bunch of mercenaries. I mean, the Celtics almost look like the Eastern Conference version of the Rockets. P.J. Tucker for the Rockets. You got Marcus Smart for the Celtics. They almost play the same kind of way. Agitators, tough guy. But I'm not sold on Kimba. Yes, he's playing well. But I think Toronto's making it too easy for him. And don't get this twisted. I know everybody loves Jason Tatum and they're trying to – I'm not sold on him. I don't think either of these teams, if they play the Clippers or the Lakers or even the Rockets, would beat them. I'm not sold. I think, you know, like we saw Miami had a candy paint first round against the Pacers, candy paint round against the Bucks, And so now they're going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals facing either Toronto or Boston, which they may get beat by either one of those teams because they have an answer for Jimmy Butler. But that ain't saying much. That's just saying y'all are beating the worst of the best. I'm so, with you. I'm now, with you. one thing, you know, and I didn't mean to leave this man out of the conversation, but we're going to get on Bud Budenholzer, right? We're going to say that for another show because we got a lot to get to. Mm-hmm. But he, he ain't escaping this this torch he's getting from me. So, and neither is Giannis. He's not, He you can be the MVP D, D play, defensive player of the year. Hey, here's the thing. I know we talked about off the, off the air, like, one day we're going to talk about the uh, NBA season awards. I'm done. I don't want to care. I don't care about any more regular season awards because no. it don't matter. Like, it's Pointless. about playoffs. Pointless. Your, your resume is built. We just said, a, see, Nash got a job based on regular season success, which didn't lead to chips. I need some dip with my chips. I don't want just no chip. That's plain. So, Moving over to the Western Conference, Clippers-Denver. Um, it's a better series than I thought, per se. Uh, Denver's beat up now with, with Jokic uh, Jokic out with the, the knee, ankle, whatever it is, leg injury. Uh, the Clippers came with a plan to defuse Murray, blitz him a whole bunch. Like I said, I, I didn't have faith in Denver anyway. I thought it was going to be, you know, 4-1 or sweep. So the, par for the course, Clippers moving to the West Conference Finals. Lakers-Rockets is starting to formulate to where it should be. I think, though, Brent, the, the Rockets are going to give one more last stand. They're going to beat beat my Lakers by 30 because they got that kind of game in them. But I think that was there's still going to be 4-2. Lakers, if when AD's playing well and LeBron's playing like he plays and now you got playoff Rondo, it makes them a better team. But I can tell you, after game one, I was pissed, man. I was ready like, hey, ship AD out this joint. LeBron, you could go to if you ain't trying to score in the fourth quarter, looking all sad and pitiful, you can go. That's not what the Lakers are about. And there's how you disrespect the honor and legacy of Kobe Bryant. A killer, a mamba. You don't pass the buck, dog, from jump ball to final buzzer. You better be balling hard like your life depends on it. This ain't Cleveland, bro. Family ain't in the building. This is about chips. Look in the rafters when you get back to – to The stable center that ain't
1: about emotions or feelings, that's about business. Hold on now, don't act like they just the Lakers just been a, a powerhouse the last seven years. We ain't talking about the Lakers with, with Kobe in the 2000s and 2000, 2010 or the Magic Lakers. We're talking about that team that ain't been in the playoffs since 2013. So, don't, don't now hold on, let's take a break on that with LeBron now. Because hey, last year, I, last year you don't get a pass, but this year they're doing their thing so far. Uh, game one, you're right, I was the same way, they were weak, same way they came against Portland. I don't like the long layouts with the older team they have. I think they need to play more consistently. I'm not a fan of the layouts, but it's just what it is because they won quick and uh, Houston, OKC, went long. But I think it's 4-1 at this point. I don't I – don't, the Rockets shoot, shooting well. They shot well all three games. Westbrook was terrible the first – second game. He played great game three. I just don't think they're built – to win four quarters against the Lakers when the Lakers, if like you said, if AD and LeBron are even playing good, they don't have to be great yet. Just be solid. I just think they're built to beat Houston if they take advantage of the size. And if Vogel keeps playing JaVel McGee seven minutes and then realizing uh, it makes sense to put Kuzma and AD go to the five, do AD run the team? or Are you going to cater to AD wanting to play the four? Or are you going to put AD at the five and take advantage of your size and spread out the shooting because DeVell McGee can't do anything on offense against the Rockets? It's a waste. He doesn't have – he doesn't use his size to bully a six. He, they switching Gordon on him. Stop playing that man. I mean, hey, Dwight Howard's not playing much. JaVale McGee doesn't come in the second half. Just start Kuzma or whoever and stop starting AD at the four and make that man play the five in the game, series over than five. I,
0: I'm glad you touched on it because that was going there next. I don't know about Vogel, dog. Like, <laughs> listen, how many times does it take you to understand you can't play too big against to the Rockets to be successful? To be less you, in the game. It shouldn't even take it again. This is why I'm going list, back. Like, listen, list. you, you watched him play game seven. You watched OKC. OKC didn't even play Danilo Gallinari much the entire series because of this same reason. I like the adjustment to play Marquise Morse because he neutralizes um, P.J. Tucker. He's a rough, tough guy. He actually helps LeBron because he could be the enforcer and LeBron could be the finisher. Yes. That's how this works. I would like to see Dwight Howard play some because I know he's chippy. He can be aggressive. He's not going to let P.J. Tucker push him around. Exactly. It's it's just what it is. Um, so that I'm I'm just perplex- and that's the problem with what I have with the Lakers, man. I love my Lakers. And to your point, n- no, we haven't been in the playoffs since 2010, but we won a chip in 10. Like that team was re- that team was not better than this team in my opinion. We have a couple better pieces. We had Kobe. We had Ron Artest. And we had Paul Gasol. Like, no, I agree with that. It, we weren't deep. Like, this team, it has it's pieces if, if you push the right buttons, right? It's, again, going back to Boston. Boston's team's not sexy, but they know how to put the pieces in a position to be successful, fruitful, and multiply. Do you know who Brad Watermaker is? Do you know who that is? Yep. You do? Yep. Where what's do you go to? Oh, I know he is on the Celtics. I don't know his past. Yeah, that's my. But yo, okay, oh, you know he's on like, the Celtics. Oh, you watch basketball, but you, yeah. you're not saying, "Oh yeah, that dude was the number one pick." And oh, he's yeah, yeah. no, you say Jay Adams, Duke. You know the lineage, but you ain't said that Brad Watermaker's is getting ten points a game. Like, okay, who's it? Daniel Tees? Okay, who's he from yeah, Germany? Ice, I got like, you. you're, you're not. You're not. It's, it's what I'm saying. Is it's pieces and parts being pushed in the right direction?
1: Exactly. So I hope that's Vogel scares me right there. If he don't get it together with some of these moves. I'm watching him, and he keep putting in Danny Green when Danny Green ain't performing. Yes, a couple of things Vogel doing, I'm questioning, but yeah, I'm with you. But yeah. uh, let let me jump on these Clippers. Um, so Denver should have won Game Three, but when they they just year in the next, even fourth quarter, they was up eight to ten. They were they were playing good. Kawhi and Paul George do what they supposed superstars do, right? They started attacking the basket, started scoring, creating for Lou Williams. Kawhi been making some really good passes. The one to Zubac when he dunked on uh. They go yogis for the foul. I mean, Kawhi been playing good. I, I like how they finished the game. I thought Denver had a chance to go up two-one, but like you said, I'm just glad Denver, after the game one disaster, they won game two, was competitive in game three. I mean, it's gonna be Lakers Clippers if everything goes according to plan. We are gonna get the L.A. rival we want, but I'm hoping Denver makes it competitive. That's what I, I take it to six at least is my hope. Listen, I, I don't listen. I'm
0: not even hold my breath. I don't even watch that series to be honest. Like I don't take it serious. To watch <laughs> it. I watch it because it's on, and that's my part of my job now. But I don't – I could care less. It's going to be Clippers, Lakers, in the West yep. Conference Finals. That's what it is. We know it. Let's show it. Let's get it. The battle for L.A. and Orlando. That's what it is. Make the T-shirt. Right. <laughs> we Get a website. Let's go. Trademark it. And then let's go from there. But let's wrap this up, man. That's, that's all we got for NBA this week. Keep a lot. When we return next week, we'll have a lot more to say because a lot more will transpire. Heck, I feel bad for Miami though, right? I wish I could go back home and get some sun because they're going to be Stunning. chilling for a minute.
1: Yep, just stuck.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, that's the NBA for this week, y'all. We'll catch you on the flip side on that. Now on to college football. It's going to start up for real. Last week was a pretender, gave us a little warm-up, got us in our feelings, getting some a little taste. It wasn't all that good of a taste. It was pretty bland because the Monday night game, BYU-Navy – Man, I'm sorry to say this, but Navy sucked. Like, I ain't never seen Navy, Navy get shellacked like that. I don't know to believe in BYU or to disbelieve in Navy. And the rest of the games, eh, it felt good to have it on TV, but it wasn't the same as this week, dog. Brent, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know what I'm talking about. Starting Thursday, my K's are going to be raising Kane. 305 Live kicking it off UAB, baby, coming to Miami. It's on and popping. So what we're going to do right now, we're going to make some conference predictions. We got the ACC, the Big 12, SEC, AAC, and we will throw in Conference USA. We're not doing the Sun Belt because ain't nobody got time for that. So up first, ACC. Brent, who are your top teams in that conference? Hit it.
1: So, I mean, first off, let me say my Seminoles start, too. You didn't get that hype about them. We got on the 305. No, hey, let's talk about my Seminole. New coach, new offense. Hey, we finna come off fire, but I'm gonna wait till we do some before I talk. Cause if I would've did this the past few years, I would look like a fool. Cause when I thought we were gonna come off fire, we didn't. So I'm, I'm not gonna say much there, but this conference clearly is Clemson and everybody else. And trust me, this is just an honest take, not a uh how emotional take. Cause I would never pick Clemson can't stand them, but Clemson is just better than everybody else there. So it's Clemson, the one, they're the best team in the conference, but I actually feel like North Carolina, yeah, I'm going to say this. Miami, unfortunately, i got to say that. Florida State, uh, Notre Dame. I, I mean, i got to see but I think they can be in there. And then maybe even Louisville. I think they all are that second tier right under Clemson that can make it competitive. So I think it's going to be a really competitive conference. And I think Clemson's going to get challenged by some of these teams. I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park like it have been the last few years when Miami and Florida State been trying to rebound. I think both of them are in a better spot to make it like the older ACC when they were competitive. So I'm thinking uh, it's going to be a good run. They're going to make a good run at Clemson this year.
0: Clemson will get touched this year. They will get baptized in a thing called a loss, and it won't be in the national championship game. Um, the ACC is deeper. It's trending more towards the SEC than the Big 12 or the Big 10. Uh, the teams are getting better in the conference. They're getting better coaching. Uh, Clemson has to start on top because they, that's just what we do for our conference. They are the best team last year. Um, I'm a little uneasy and concerned about this hype for Notre Dame. Notre Dame doesn't play a real schedule ever, and now they're talking about they're the second-best team in the ACC just because they're returning Ian Book, a few offensive linemen starters, and running backs. Excuse me, what happens every time the Notre Dame plays in the ballgame? They get shellac a lack a lack a lack a lack So miss me with that. I'm saying I'm with you. North Carolina, they're going to be nice. North Carolina is going to be nice. North Carolina should have beat Clemson last year. Um, we have to wait and see. Like you said, Miami, I'm a Miami fan. I'm a Miami homer. I'm not biased, though. We got to see. We got a lot of transfers. We got Derek King kicking it off. USC um, is going to be nice. Pitt, they're always solid. Louisville, they got a new quarterback, but they're sometimes electric. We'll see. Virginia Tech, they've had some ups and downs, but they're normally a tough row. And – Dark Horse for me is Virginia. People are sleeping on Virginia. They're going to knock somebody off here and there. Um, they're, they're pretty good. So is Virginia Tech to do the same thing. And I say don't stay sleep, stay awoke. Wake force may do something. Um, but for me, it's, yeah, Clemson's top of the class right now until the end, and they're not. So that's what I got for the ACC. Let's go on over to the Big 12. That's really not that big, but it's what they call it. Big 12 to me is a two-team race, Brent. It's either Texas or Oklahoma. It's the Red River rivalry for the division. Everyone else just plays to say we're in a conference. Now, Oklahoma State may have something to say about this year. I don't know. I can never trust Mike Gundy. Whether it's a mullet or no mullet, winning the big games is not his forte. He could beat Texas or Oklahoma, but he hasn't beaten both. So for me, it's Oklahoma and it's Texas and if I had to put it on paper, I have to go Texas because they have more starters returning. Their quarterback is a senior Oklahoma starting a red shirt freshman and Spencer Rattler season, the QB one. If you have a season, season two, check it out. So that's what I got for the big 12.
1: I'm with you there. Um, I'm gonna say a three team race, but mainly it's a two. I think the Oklahoma running back is uh special. So if, uh, if they, can, if they can just uh, stand behind him, you know, if he gets off his line to get some blocks and they just follow him.
0: Which running back are you talking about?
1: The, the star. I can't well, yeah, their,
0: their star chose not to play this year. He opted out.
1: Did he really? Yeah. Well, let me just but, but, but,
0: but Oklahoma's loaded with backs, right? So, like, to me, they have their coach, right? That's what makes yeah. his engine go. Um, he believes in Spencer Rattler, so that says a lot. Running back is a plug-and-play plug and position.
1: No, I'm with you. I, I thought that they could have a chance to upset and make, and make a real push with the running back, that, the, the one that's opted out okay. So now I'll go back to the end. is a two-team race, OU and Texas. And you, I think you said you go to Texas because of their talent. Uh, I'm sticking with OU because with Lincoln Riley and OU know, been doing every year, it's just they seem built to win the Big 12 in every year. Texas hadn't made that next step. I would love to see Texas make that next step, get it real, real competitive. And we have a battle for real. That's what I'm hoping for, but I need to see Texas take that next step, get the young defense to perform consistently without offensive of talent, get a get the offense rolling. Then we then we may have a real real battle for the Big 12. But I'm gonna have to go Oklahoma first. Texas finishing second, but it should be competitive. All right, and that Red River Red rivalry shootout game has
0: been bumped up, so it will be in October still. Um, so we'll see. That may decide the conference. They play straight-up games, and they play a conference game with the one-and-two winners. so it may be a rematch. They may play twice. Moving on over to the SEC, the best conference of all of college football, bar none. Don't care who you are. Don't care where you're from. It is what it is. If you don't like it, join it. Find out. Feel it. Because that's the truth. Top to bottom, they have the best teams. They now have even better coaching. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But for me, Brent, it's Alabama's to lose in the West, and coming in second, and Auburn coming in third. Most people think it's going to be LSU coming in third, but I think Auburn, again, they're returning more people back. LSU has returned return a whole crew. Jamar Chase ain't playing. You got a new quarterback, new running backs, new offense coordinator. There's too much new-new. That's, you can't do that in the pandemic. So uh, what's going to be ultra interesting in the West, right, is the Mississippi schools, Mississippi State and Ole Miss. You, you, you got coaches now that like are going to open it up and throw the ball. You've always seen Ole Miss is an option team spread to run. Now it's going to be spread to throw. Leach don't be playing. He'd be throwing the ball 55 times. Lane Kiffin is going to be pro-style slash spread slash throw slash run it, and he's going to have real talent. So the Egg Bowl is going to be for real this year. I can't wait to watch that. Um, <clears throat> what
1: say you about the West? I'm with you. So, first all, I mean, Alabama, clearly. I mean, it's, it's Alabama every year, feels like, right? The LSU jump up last year, was all, caught me off guard. I thought, I thought it was the typical Alabama year. But I'm there. Uh, I know you said a i A&M. I'm going to Auburn, actually, over AM. I mean, maybe I'm bitter with Jim O'Fisher with the Florida State stuff. But he had not showed me enough in a and for me to say, yep, he's ready to take that step to be the team in the West behind Alabama. So, I'm going to put them at third. LSU at fourth. But I really feel like LSU, they got like a lot of new pieces. They got some great recruits they still led by Ogeron, which who I really like. I like what he brings, I like what he's about, I like how he's built, I like his style. So they'll finish fourth, but I think they'll be competitive. I don't think they're gonna just get ran over by Alabama or A&M or Auburn. All those games will build battle. I mean, the SEC's built like that. It's always a battle week in and week out anyway, right? So I'm looking forward to that same type of thing from LSU, even with the young team and all the changes. Then you're right about Mississippi State and Ole Miss. I don't expect them to be special this year, but I expect them to both to start building. We're gonna see better offense, better coaching in general, more energy from both teams. More, they're going to be more competitive, and I'm thinking they're going to start building for something in the next few years. So it's going to give that whole West some more competition, and then we're not going to even talk about Arkansas. I'll leave it at that.
0: Well, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Arc, where, what? Ark who? <clears throat> so over to the East, the SEC East. This, this song was like talking about Arkansas for me, though. The Agreed. East is so soft and weak, man. So when I say the SEC is the best conference from top to bottom, I'm saying the West is so loaded, it makes up for the lack of the East. The East this year, you know, the top two teams in the East is always Florida and Georgia. They play the largest cocktail game in America in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, Georgia this year will suffer. No quarterback. They've had some injuries in key places. So it's Florida, number one for me. I got a dark horse shocker. They played pretty well down the stretch last year. Tennessee is going to win. It'd be that number two spot. Uh, then I have Georgia because everybody else, Kentucky, South Carolina, Missouri, and Vanderbilt, you're going to have to show me something. Missouri you have to show me like Missouri got a new coach so there's a chance right Missouri can can sneak up and do some things believe it or not but, but Missouri won the first they they played in the SEC championship game their first year in the SEC so I'm, I'm gonna put Missouri at number four but that's it for me like I, I don't know what to tell you I think Florida has a lot of tar- returning starters and they have just talent Tennessee's going to be well coached and play well and Georgia's going to suffer some losses that they at home, like last year, that absent-minded
1: losses. It's just the way I see it. So I'm not even going to get into the bottom four of Vandy, Missouri, SC and Kentucky, just because, I mean, I think it's going to be typical. Hey, they upset here. There maybe look good. Sometimes look bad. They, they didn't change much year over year, right? They're not much different last year for us to talk a lot. The, um, I do think Georgia's still going to be the number one team there, just because they just have so much talent and then it's just solid. And they got the quarterback issue. I know without with the J.T. Daniels now instead of you know Jamie Newman, but the running backs are deep. Uh, The lines they got a great offensive line, great defensive line, great secondary. They just very and Kirby Smart's a good coach. I'm not going to say he's great because he ain't got over there helping in big games, but he's a good coach. So I think they'll finish there. I'm not I'm not sure with Florida Tennessee. Tennessee, man, I think they're building right. The recruiting run they went on where they got like what two, five stars, in like four, four stars in like four days. I mean, rankings don't make a difference, but I'm like, that's good recruiting, period. They just did some really good recruiting. So I'm interested to see, um, can Florida stay where they're at, push Georgia, or do they um, fall, do Tennessee make that jump and go into the two seed? So the biggest thing I'm going to be watching in that conference on the east side is uh, see what Florida, Tennessee, who wants it more.
0: All right. Well, moving right along, we just finished the SEC. Now on to the american athletic conference now you're probably wondering why are we doing a group of five conference well because they may have a chance this year the team that i'm going to talk about cincinnati um it's theirs to lose now for me this i like this conference because they play quality football from top to bottom and it's it's a it's not a it's not a power five conference but it's the best group of five conference in my opinion mountain west isn't that tough um The AEC plays a little tough. They play fast. They're a mixer of all the conferences in one. So for me, it's Cincinnati. But I'm intrigued by Memphis, SMU, Tulane, um, USF, who has Jeff Scott as a head coach now, who's a co-offense coordinator at Clemson. So we'll see what he can do. But it's Cincinnati's to lose for me.
1: I'm with you. I mean, I want to see if Cincinnati can take that uh, Central Florida type role where they're Running through, the ta- running through the table, just making a push for that playoff spot, just to see, make it interesting, if they can dominate every game, make us interested, make us have to talk about it, give us something outside of Power 5 to keep us interested, you know, in something outside of Power 5. And also, I want to see if Memphis is going to pick right up where they left off Norvell leaving. You know, I like the hire Florida State, but the staff around, most of the staff stayed at Memphis. They got a lot of great returning players. I like that running back out there. They called out Florida State, talking about their sport. I wasn't mad at him because they were acting sport at the time when it came out. So I really want to see what Memphis can do. I really think um, uh, Memphis may take that step over Central Florida, and I want to see that Memphis-Cincinnati shootout later in the season. And that's all I got for the AAC.
0: All right, now over to Conference USA. Now, you're probably wondering why the Conference USA. Yeah, they're, they're a group of five as well, and this conference is intriguing. For us, per se, because we live in the state of Texas, a lot of teams are in Texas around the border states, and we're in the town of one of the schools, UTSA, which we'll be following closely. They got a new head coach and Jeff Traylor. Um, we'll see what he does with this program. Again, he came in during the pandemic, and so he'll be set back some. I pr- I'll have predictions on them losing this week just because of situations. Uh, but for me, this is about UAB and FAU. UAB in the West and, and uh, FAU in the East. You got Willie Taggart, your old former coach at Florida State down there, who just recruited Deion Sanderson to come down there play quarterback next year. We'll see how that works out. But for me, I also keep an eye on Western Kentucky. They're favored to actually win the East, but I, I'm going to take FAU just because, you know, it's Florida, baby. Um, so we'll see who's that. What about you,
1: Brent? I'm with you. I mean, on the, in the West, it's just UABs to win. I'm excited to see what they can do against Miami tomorrow night I'm excited about that because I mean I want to see if they you know how far they came how ready they are they look really good last week but of course they didn't play much so and then um I think West Kentucky wins it you know what I mean I don't got a lot of detail on their roster how deep they are but like you said I really want to see target do well at FAU I think he's bringing the right energy he got Jim Levitt the defensive guy took him with him over there I like his attitude I like his I like his style of coaching on defense I like that like you said he got a big recruit in Deion Sanderson I think they're building something special I mean I don't think they'll beat Western Kentucky this year for the West, but I think in the next two to three years, we're going to see some really special things at FAU for that conference. Not in the whole grand scheme of college football, but they'll be a really competitive in that conference going forward.
0: All right. And also as we wrap up this segment of NCAA college football, just remember it starts Thursday. Um, you can catch UAB versus Miami on the ACC network. Unfortunately, it's not on ESPN. Um, you got the, you got NFL starting, NBA's going. So it's going to be a lot. You got Florida state on Saturday. Y'all play Saturday, right?
1: Yes, sir, ABC, right. 230.
0: ABC, yeah, always butt chumps. Um, so, yeah, they got to be on sometime. Got to be equal opportunity for teams that don't really matter. Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot of football. Keep it locked to us and hear what we got to say the following week. On to the National Football League. Oh, we got four downs to cover right now. First down. Interesting news associated with the league. We got Colin Kaepernick is back, virtually that is. Madden 21, he's the highest rated free agent quarterback on the game and is ranked in the top 15 of all the 111 quarterbacks in the game. That's intriguing enough because we've heard Roger DeGale, Roger Godell fess up and say he was wrong. And Madden's doing justice by putting him back in the
1: game. Yeah, I don't, know if he's, I don't know if he's top 15, should be by his ranking, but this is just the right thing to do. I mean, should have been done four years ago. It's never been a situation we're in. Dude took a stand, did the right thing. Uh, Madden did the right thing and put him back out. I'm, I'm glad to see him back in the game. It's, it actually made me want to get the game just so I can play with Capper.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Also, Dak says he'll seize the day. I believe him to the point where I draft this man in my fantasy league. I threw the boat at him. I want him. I believe him. I know he'll succeed. And I doubly know he's motivated because Deshaun Watson got his deal and Patrick
1: Mahomes got his deal. And he's sitting back ready to lick his chops to get his deal. Maybe I'm listening to you too much. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't sold on Dak three weeks ago, and I've just slowly been like, maybe Dak, the way he talked, the way he carried himself, I'm like, I think this dude is ready to step up and have a big year. So I, I hate to say it, but I mean, think I'm uh, like I said, I'm listening to you too much. Cause I think that going to do something special this year. I, unfortunately, I think he is. Well, I'm glad you listened to somebody smart.
0: So Von Miller, man, oh, this is this is a tough one right here. Von Miller in his tenth season, he's normally had double-digit sacks for the first eight years of his career. Injures himself, his ankle tears a tendon. He's out for the year. He was in a contract year. Oh man, this is going to be tough for Broncos to replace, but more so for him to get back. At this age, he just spent his whole offseason working out to be back in shape to have a, a rec em year, and he's going to be out.
1: Yeah, this one bothers me. I got a good friend that's a, uh, related to Vaughn Miller. He's a Broncos fan for that very reason. And, you know, we talked about the Broncos on the show, what they could have been, uh, how they offense, what they're build, how they're building something. And Vaughn Miller was a key piece this year on the defensive end. So, yeah, this one hurts because I wanted to see the dude, like you said, in the contract year, have a chance to go out there and be, continue to be special.
0: Second down, players getting paid. De'Andre got his contract wasn't with the Texans was with the Cardinals. And this man did it by himself. He negotiated for himself because he has future plans to be a GM one day to put things together for himself. We got Kareem hunt signing with Cleveland, an extension to your $13 million. Randy Gregory, who's suspended, got a one-year extension, but that can't get paid. Anyway, Jadavion Clowney finally got picked up by the Titans. This is going to be huge for them to anchor their defense as well. Sometimes I think he's overhyped, overrated, but sometimes he shows how to sign. He even negotiated, negotiated a way not to be franchised again, so good move on his part. is a one-year deal. And the cash cowl deals, Jalen Ramsey just backed up the brink truck as he wanted in Jacksonville, he got it in L.A. Five-year, $105 million, 71.2 guaranteed signing. He's the first defensive back ever
1: to get paid like this. Why not? Florida State, DBU, that's where he's from. So, hey, give, give the man his money. I like that. And so I'm, a, I'm glad to see a man from Florida State getting his money. And one more thing on the DeAndre Hopkins' thing, when he first came out and he was handling his own business, you know, not going with agents and things like that, I had to look into him a little bit. The guy's really smart. He comes in with a plan. So I'm proud for DeAndre Hopkins. Well done. And he earned it.
0: Definitely. Third down. We got to talk about it. Maybe people going to get uncomfortable about it. But NFL coaches on the hot seat. Let me run them down for you. There's five. Matt Patricia of the Detroit Lions. Doug Marone of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Adam Gase of the New York Jets. Dan Quinn of the Atlanta Falcons. And Matt Nagy of the Chicago Bears. Brent which one of these goes first, which one of these of any shock you, and which one of these coaches
1: saves themselves this season? So I think Matt Nagy goes first because he picked – he didn't even pick Foles to the start. Come on, man. Trubisky still starting? Come on. I don't think he wants the job, so I think he's out of there. Um, I think Matt Patricia – I don't mean – I don't think Detroit's going to be good, but I think he does enough to keep his job. And then I think Adam Gacy – I think he's out of there as well, unless they just say, hey, we're going to be terrible again and we're going to give him more time. He's out of there. But Dan Quinn, I mean, I'm I'm hoping Ty Gurley pans out. I'm hoping Matt Ryan can get the ball to Calvin Ridley and uh, get it over to Julio Jones, and I think he keeps his job. So I think Dan Quinn got the best chance of keeping it if he used the talent well, because they got a talented roster.
0: Well, uh, I'm going to go with the obvious. We know Doug Marone's out because if they get the number one pick, they're going to reload everywhere. GM... President of operations, all, everything's going to go. So that's an easy low-hanging fruit. I think Gase is gone if they don't show well. If they go 5-11, he's out. Dan Quinn, again, yeah, if they make playoffs, he stays. If they don't, he's out. Matt Nagy, that's a 50-50. You never know because he's not the only one who made that Mitch Trubisky pick. Uh, Matt Patricia, I believe, saves himself this year. They go 9-7, 10-6. So he keeps his job, and that's where we stand. Fourth down, straight up for the week. Brent, we're going to pick who we wins who wins what game, and we're going to pick all 16 straight up right now. First game, Houston at Kansas City, Thursday night, season opener. Who you going with?
1: I got Kansas City. I think they're going to come out with a lot of energy. Mahomes going to pick up where he left off, but I think it's going to be a good game. I'm really excited to see Watson versus Mahomes, two guys that got paid deservingly going at it, but I got Kansas City winning that one.
0: All right. Well, I've got, for all the right reasons and wrong reasons, I've got the Houston Texans. They got the best team returning as far as starters in place. Chemistry, I know you're like, well, KC won the Super Bowl. I don't matter. They're going to have that hangover. Uh, we've seen it before. This game, it may, it may, they're going to be amped up. They're going to be emotional. That's just the rationale I'm using. So, game number two, Miami at your New England Patriots.
1: Cam okay, going to have a big day. He's going to get that offense rolling. He don't got all the weapons he should have. But uh, incure Harry, Edelman, they're going to find a way. I think the Patriots win this one by at least a touchdown.
0: I don't need your prediction on how much. I said who's going to win the game. We're going to get the spread in a minute. Next up, Uh, I got Miami winning the game. Not trying to hate, but the thing is, it's not December, and they're going up when it's warm. So I'm going with Miami. Brian Flores knows the lay of the land. He knows the building. He knows Bill Belichick. I'm going Miami with Fitz Magic this week. We won't get to Fitch Tragic for five more weeks. Game number three. I'm intrigued in this one because I love LA, the city, and I love to see football in that city.
1: Dallas at Los Angeles Rams. I'm excited to see my my boy out of Florida State Can Makers, but Dallas is stacked on offense, defense solid. Dallas wins this one. We agree here. I'm going with Dallas. Next up, Arizona at San Francisco. This one's interesting. Hey, San Francisco built for another deep run in playoffs. I'm not saying Super Bowl, but they're really – I mean, San Francisco's really good. But, but I got Arizona and Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins pulling off the upset here.
0: It's not an upset, my friend. I've got Arizona winning as well. They're on the uptick. And San Francisco, again, Super Bowl hangover effect. We've seen it with the Rams. We've seen it with other teams. This is the year – think about it. I'm not going to get in depth here, but their defense won't be the same as it was last year. Next game, Tampa Bay at New Orleans.
1: I got my man, the legend Tom Brady pulling it off. Don't know why, but I'm going with the Bucks in that one.
0: All right. I'm going with New Orleans because I'm salty at Tampa. Um, <laughs> people think I'm crazy. Some of my, some of the people are like you pick Tom Brady in your fantasy league, man, that's about business. Um, but no, I got New Orleans winning at
1: home in a shootout of the ages. Cleveland at Baltimore. I got Lamar Jackson doing his thing. Interested to see uh, J.K. Dobbins getting in the game. I got the – I got uh, Cleveland going to be fun, but I got, the, I got the Ravens winning this one at home.
0: I got Cleveland winning this one. Cleveland is locked loaded. It's game one, and these two normally play in a dogfight. For some reason,
1: Lamar hasn't figured out Cleveland, so I'm going with Cleveland. Green Bay at Minnesota. I got Minnesota winning this one because they're at home. I know Green Bay normally. Later in the season, Green Bay will win when it's in the, when it's, you know, in the snow. But right now in the Dome, I got Minnesota.
0: Well, it's funny you mentioned that because they they played this three years in a row. Twice it's been at Green Bay in September, and it's been one and one. I've got Minnesota for all the right reasons. I just don't trust in Green Bay. Last year was a fluke, so it's Minnesota at home. Philadelphia at Washington.
1: They still got some injuries for Philly, but I got them winning this one because Washington's still rebuilding. So I I think Philly's just a better team, and they're going to win this one. I don't know if you remember this, but last
0: year uh, Philadelphia was losing to Washington by three touchdowns. I'm going with Washington this year. They're not rebuilding; they're just locked and loaded to go. This is a game they could win because Philly has too many issues going into Game One. New York Jets at Buffalo Bills. I got Buffalo because they're just better than the Jets. Period. Well, that's simply said, and I agree with you. I'm going Buffalo as well. Chicago Bears at Detroit Lions. Since I'm um, Trubisky starting, I'm going with Detroit in Game One of the season. Not the reason why I'm picking them. I'm going Detroit because they got the better weapons, and again, it's at, you know home. Pittsburgh at New York Giants,
1: the first part of the Monday night football games. I'm going with Pittsburgh just because is back. I think, I mean, they're not going to be special, but I think they're better than Jones and New York are equipped for game one, so I got, I got Pittsburgh winning that one.
0: I've got the Giants. For some reason, I just think the Giants are going to win this one, and then it's going to put some heat on Tomlin, but I got the Giants. Next game, Seattle at Atlanta.
1: I think they catch catching Seattle at the right time early, so I'm going to go with Atlanta pulling this one off. In this one, I like. I want to see who Julio Jones and Cavanaugh really do. I think they start off strong week one and win game one.
0: That's intriguing. I'm going with Seattle. It's a bird's land, but I'm going with Seattle. Next game Tennessee at Denver.
1: Man, this is a 50 50 50 toss up. I'm going with Denver just because I like the direction they're headed. And I think they're catching out of Tennessee, like I said, game one. So I'm going to go with uh, Denver in this one.
0: Just to be opposite, I'm going Tennessee. Maybe the Clowny spike gives them a bump. Indianapolis at
1: Jacksonville. This is kind of like uh, Buffalo uh, the Buffalo one. I'm going Indy, day just better than Jacksonville. So I'm going Indy.
0: Hey, no, you ain't got to explain that, but I didn't even want to say, it, but we have to, because it's 16 games and I'm obviously going with Indy. Indy's going to maul
1: these dudes. It's not going to be funny. Uh, Indy, uh, Las Vegas at Carolina. Um, Josh Jacobs, my fantasy running back having a big day and Las Vegas, going to win their first game at Carolina. I'm going with the Panthers at home,
0: new stadium, new coach, not new stadium, but new, new feeling. Uh, I like all the news. Carolina Blues for the Vegas Raiders. Carolina Panthers is what I'm taking. We have Los Angeles Chargers at Cincinnati Bengals.
1: I'm going with the Chargers because I don't think Joe Burrows and them are anywhere close to being ready to do anything special. But I want to see Joe Burrow. That's going to be fun. But I got the Chargers winning this one.
0: Likewise. Just like Jacksonville, uh, they may make it fun to watch for a minute, but Chargers should demolish this game. That's it. Four down territory for NFL. We gave you what we got. Get it. Take it. Watch it. Hit us back next week with what we said. It's time for spreading the news. I ain't talking about blue eyes. I'm talking about betting. I'm talking about putting some action down again for entertainment purposes only don't go see your bookie. Don't hop online. I know it's tempting, but we're not here for that. We're just trying to have some fun. It's time to review last week's shenanigans. I went 2-7-1. and one. I put my faith and trust in some squads that should have had my back, and they didn't. And for that, a coach resigned. Southern Miss let me down. They lost to Southern Alabama. Army stepped up, saluted, and booted Middle Tennessee State. And the Bobcats hung with the Mustangs. And they pulled that thing out. They were favored To lose by 20.5 points, they end up staying close and uh, only losing by seven. Great. Now, I sucked on the over-unders. Had a push, one win, three losses. Navy, like I told you, BYU sunk their ship. It was ugly. Memphis decided to score some points and give up some points. They were favored to win by 19. They only won by 13. That was last week. On to the new week. We got new action for you. We're calling it the pick six. It's where we give you six NFL games and six college games that we pick between me and Brent. At the end of the year, we're going to see who stands tall in the pocket and delivers. Brent, you know how we do this, man. We got the six games picked. You're going to pick who you think. I'm going to pick who I think. And I know I get emotional, so I may pick wrong a lot. But I'm going to take on the challenge, Brent. We got the first game in the NFL, Houston. They're, they're getting nine and a half points versus KC with a total of 53 and a half. What's your over under and who you taking
1: with the points? I'm taking Houston with the points. I think it's going to be closer to nine and a half. And I'm going over. I think they're going to put up some points. They're going to go over 53, 53 and a half total. So I'm going with Houston and the over. Man, when you say you listen to me too much, I think you're
0: just copying me or watching my show notes or something. I, went I got the same. I you went did, first. you're right. I let you go for that purpose because I want America to know that you ain't copying me. But I got the same thing. That's a lot of points to lay. And I think people are having that same effect of last year's playoffs that Houston's going to let the game go. Not so fast, my friends. Next up, Green Bay getting two and a half points
1: versus Minnesota on the road. 46 and a half over under. What say you? I'm taking Minnesota. With that, they're going to win by more than 2.5, and and I'm going with the under. I think it's going to be a little bit more defense than we expect. So I'm going Minnesota and under. I'm going Minnesota and over because Minnesota's supposed to be explosive. Green Bay ain't got no choice but to throw it up.
0: So that's what I got. Next up, Cleveland getting 8.5 points versus Baltimore. Over, under, 48.5. What you got?
1: I'm taking Baltimore. They win by more than 8.5, and and I'm taking the over because both of them are going to put up some points. They got a lot of weapons on both offenses.
0: Don't disrespect Cleveland, man. It's the dog pound for a reason. They're not playing at home, but you're laying eight and a half on the road. You get three playing at home. I'm going with Cleveland. Cleveland, and I'm going with the over, because ain't nobody playing no defense week one. Next game. Oh, say you. Tampa versus New England. Tampa's getting four points on the road at New Orleans, over under 49 and a half. What you got?
1: I'm picking Tampa. I picked them early. No, I'm picking them to win the game. So, of course, I'm taking the points, and just going, going to be a shootout. They're going over for sure. I, as
0: well, am taking Tampa, and I'm going over because I think that's a lot of points to give up. Last time they played in New Orleans first week of the season, uh, I think New Orleans won by f- three points. So I'm, I'm just going with history. You know what I'm saying? Dallas at L.A., the Rams. Dallas is laying two and a half points to the home Rams, and it's over under 40, 49 and a half.
1: I'm going Dallas, and I'm going over in this one. They're going to be some points put up. I, I'm going Dallas and under. So that's the
0: pick six for the NFL. On to college football pick six,
1: UAB at Miami. Brent? I'm going UAB because I think they got actually even a chance to win that game. But I'm going UAB with 13 and a half, and they're going to put up more than 54 and a half. So I'm going UAB and over.
0: I'm going UAB and under. I love my canes. I know my canes. Thou shalt not cane against me. But I'm going to keep it 100. 13 points game one. We haven't played a game. UAB's already played a game. Too much information. So I'm going UAP and under. Next game, Jot Tech versus Florida Tech. I mean, Florida State. It's Jot Tech getting 12 and a half points.
1: Florida State at home, but it's 40, 54 and a half over under. I'm going Florida State for sure. We're going to win by more than 12 and a half. I feel good about that. But I'm going to take the under because our defense is going to step up and Georgia Tech not going to score a lot of points. So I'm going to take Florida State and under.
0: I'm going Georgia Tech and I'm going under because there may be a struggle bus offensively for both teams, whatever. The, the game, next game is Clemson laying 32 and a half points at Wake Forest over under 60.
1: I didn't want to do this. I'm, I'm going to take Clemson winning by more than 32 and a half and I'm going to take over. They're gonna be a shootout, they're gonna run it up. Wake gonna score some points late, they're gonna go over. I'm
0: going Wake Forest, I'm gonna take the points. That's a lot of points to lay. I know everybody thinks Clemson Superman, but I'm going Wake Forest at home, and it's going over. Duke getting 20 points versus Notre Dame, 56 and a half over under.
1: I'm taking Duke, I don't think they, Notre Dame gonna win by more than 20. I gotta see it improve it. I'm going Duke, and I'm gonna take over because I think both of them put up some points.
0: I'm going Notre Dame since they're at home, and I'm going under. UTEP getting 43 points at Texas over under 58 and a half.
1: And that's a good one. I'm going to take UTEP, and I'm going to go over.
0: I'm going UTEP because if you give me 43 points, and I got a bullet in the chamber, I got a fighting chance. I'm willing to lay on that one. So UTEP, and I'm going over as well. Uh, last game with the pick six. Tulane minus eight versus Southern Alabama, South Alabama over under 52 and a half.
1: I'm going to go Tulane and I'm going to go under.
0: I'm going South Alabama and I'm going under as well. So give me the eight and we're going under 52 and a half. That's a wrap for this week's pick six. Keep it locked and see how we fare next week. We definitely want y'all to keep it locked and see how we do. That's a wrap on this edition of Drop the Mic Sports Talk. You already know we're the best sports show, period. We are glad that you keep on listening to us. We know we're dropping that flavor in your ear. It's our goal to give you the latest in sports with our take on it. As always, keep it locked where you know you're going to get the best news. Dropping the mic. To do that. Subscribe to our show on, our fa- on your favorite platform. We're on Spotify, Apple Music. We're on TuneIn. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Anchor.fm. That's where you can also leave a message and be a part of the show. Tell us what you think. Give us a 25-second rant. This weekend's football sports, I know you feeling some type of way. Subscribe. Keep a lot. Keep listening. If you want to definitely interact with us, we got the social media's handle going. Twitter, DTM. S T6, you gotta get that. Twitter, DTMST6, Instagram DTM underscore ST and Facebook DTM Sports Talk. You can always, if you feel brave enough or up to it, have the courage, you can email us directly at Sports talk at gmail.com. Even if you just want to get information about the show, and maybe there's something we could do for you. Again, that's a wrap on this edition. Brent, salute. We're out. Oh, thank you.